Today's episode of Friday Rollin' is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor, the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling tickets for sports and music. Just two taps on your phone. You can instantly buy SeatGeek tickets to an event. Enter the event using your phone. No paper tickets. Drop your old ticket app. Use one bill for 2016. Again, do everything on your phone. Download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Stamps.com. Stop relying on the post office. Just buy and print official U.S. postage using your own computer and printer. Sign up for Stamps.com right now. Use the promo code BS for a four-week trial plus a $110 bonus offer that includes postage and a digital scale. Go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, type in BS. Do you still go to the post office, Mike Lombardi? No, actually, I have stamps on my computer. I use stamps.com. That's good. That's it's really a, good. What an organic and great plug that was. Yeah, Hold on, I'm going to finish this. Don't, don't forget about my new HBO show, Any Given Wednesday. Watch the rears on HBO and the bonus digital clips on HBO Now, HBO Go, and HBO On Demand. We had Amy Trask, Chris Carter, Joseph Gordon-Levitt this week. You can watch all the rears on all of those HBO platforms. Coming next Wednesday at 10 p.m., a very famous athlete. I'm not going to spoil it. Stay tuned. Uh, also, check out the ringer.com for columns, features, podcasts, and everything else. And now, the return of Mike Lombardi. Yeah. It's been four years? I think it's three. Three and a half? Three and a half at least, yeah. It's a long time. One of my most popular podcast guests ever. And now a member of the Fox and Fox Sports One family, their insider, Michael Lombardi, is back. It's great to see you. It's great. It's to really be here great to see you. Like it's genuinely great to see you. I'm it's so great happy for me too because I'm in Los Angeles. I'm in your hood. It's yeah. really kind of neat. It's just uh, really impressive. I went by Hollywood High today. That was kind of like interesting. The Knights. <laughs> My daughter was practicing <laughs> soccer there sometimes. I yeah, think I'm going to go to a high school Hollywood High game. I used to um, when I worked at Jimmy Kimmel show. He was right next to Hollywood High, and when we had to write jokes, this was like before you know wireless laptops and stuff. So I get my notepad, I go sit on the fire escape, and Hollywood High would be practicing football, and be writing like these little jokes in the fire escape. So it has a whole sweet spot to my heart. It's they, there's some great celebrities that have gone there. I was the, big John Ritter painting on the side of the building. I, I was going to Google that and figure yeah. out who went there. Like it seems like it's been a setting for so much. Like I was like, wow, that's Hollywood High. It's interesting. So since the last time you were on my podcast, and we should mention, you're, you're going to come on, you're going to do hits every Friday mm-hmm. during the NFL season. This right. one you're doing in person because it's the special return of Lombardi podcast. Right. But in, most of the time you'll probably be on the phone because you're doing hits, all kinds of stuff. But so you, you were the Browns GM. Yep, for a year. The Browns, I think, have had more turmoil over the last five, six years than, than any organization, any sport. You were yep. part of that. Right. Go to the Patriots, you become a consultant for them. The Browns are still, you're still getting paid by the Browns, but then the Patriots, and right. all of a sudden, you get a Super Bowl ring out of it. Yeah, thank you, Malcolm Butler. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> thank you, Malcolm Butler. <laughs> I, I still look at that play, and I think, oh my gosh, you know, but it's been, it's been great. I mean, I went back for three years, it was fun, but this is the right time for me to turn over and start, start this career again, and it's good to be back. 
I, we should mention again that you work for the New England Patriots, my favorite team. Yeah, that's that was a great experience. To get back with Bill again, and you know, it was fun. Having been with Bill from 91 to 96 and having a relationship with him since then, and then actually working with him daily was, was really great. It was fun. It was enjoyable. And Bill hasn't changed. And no matter how much success the man has, that's the thing you have to really admire about him. It's what I call the born to run theory. He, he doesn't mind playing born to run every single day. Right. He, oh, that's he, a he good does, theory. Your first, your first theory you've dropped there already. You it's the two born minutes. to run theory. He, he just, he'll <laughs> play it every, it just doesn't, he'll do the same thing over and over. It doesn't matter. He's not Sinatra. He doesn't want to play my way or strangers in the night. I mean, Bill will play born to run every day. And I think that's what makes him so great. And he's and still working on it. Yeah. He, he loves, it. Hey, I don't think he thinks it's work. He, it's just his way of, of what he loves to do and he does it really well. And even though for most coaches, the longer they do it, you think it gets easier for him. There's no corner that he that he cuts and there's nothing that he leaves out. And every single part of his day is spent working. So uh, I, I'm a friend of his, but I'm also a fan of his because I watched him and nobody works harder. I feel like such a jackass for just assuming the Cardinals were going to kill the Patriots last week. I thought once they scratch Gronk, just, I honestly thought like, well, they're not going to throw Garoppolo to the Wolves. Cardinals at home. Cardinals are a very good team. This has the potential to be really ugly. And, of course, the Pats come out. They do the Pats thing. They, I knew we were, I knew that Cardinals pick was in trouble the morning of when I realized they were nine-and-a-half-point underdogs, which hadn't happened since Super Bowl thirty six. Right. Belichick loves that. Oh, really? You're going to count us out? Okay. That was the theme the whole week. I mean, and look, the, the problem they had – during the preseason was they never were able to bond their team. This whole notion that you have to go away to camp is ridiculous because you're going away to camp with 90 players, 50 of them aren't going to be on the team. Yeah. So you're bonding with who? But when you can get a trip, like the year we went to the Super Bowl, we spent a week in San Diego after losing to Green Bay. That, that week won the Super Bowl for us. We bonded the team. We got together. This trip to Arizona bonded the team. It got them together because this is a team sport. And even though Gronk didn't play and Brady wasn't there and they didn't have Deion Lewis, which is a huge miss too, yeah. you know, they were able to find a way to win the game and it bonded the team and it gave the team a sense of toughness, which is what he wanted to start the season. And had they won or lost, I think that's what he was trying to accomplish, and he did. And look, whenever he's an underdog like this and you count him out, that's when he can motivate his team. Every single day that message is being drilled. I don't know if there's going to be any more counting out for this Pats team because that was the one of the first right. four with Brady that you thought they were going to lose. The, the biggest things I learned that just shocked me was I thought James White was really overmatched last year, and especially in that Denver game. He just wasn't ready for it. I think right. we threw to him 16 times. Yeah. He, couldn't, he couldn't get there. And in that Arizona game, I thought he was excellent. I really thought he made strides. When we first drafted James White, he had a LaDainian Tomlinson look to him in practice. Yeah. In the first couple practices without pads. And then when the pads came on, he didn't run with any power or advance the ball. You know, one thing for running backs, space runs are easy. You know, you're out there in space, you run. But you got to make yards after contact. That's yeah. the key back. And James wasn't able to do that early in his career, why he was inactive so much. And then lately, he's been more pass receiver than runner and I thought there's been flashes of times the Redskin game he made a couple of plays but there's yeah, been times the, the Miami game the last game of the year he catches the slant he doesn't score on it but he runs it down to the one yard line there have been flashes of it I thought on Sunday against Arizona there was and I think this I think they'll need him to do that they need DJ Foster the rookie from Arizona State to give him some explosive plays too he's a lot like James White receiver runner the key to, for the Patriots season is simply this they've got to get teams to respect their running game enough to where they can't just play nickel the whole game 
Do when you, we walked off the field in Denver, that was the that was the goal of the offseason. We cannot play a team that just basically says to us, us or say to them, look, we're just going to line up and dime. If you want to run the ball, you'll get two yards. Yeah. We're going to line up and dime no matter what you want to do. We're not doing anything. That became problematic. And so now McDaniels and the offensive staff has the ability, if you stay base against them, they're going to spread you out. If you want to go nickel, they'll run it. Third and 12, LeGarrette Blunt first down. We're going to run it on you if you want to play nickel. Here you go. And the other thing they did in that game was they shortened the game. It was the old Tom Coughlin, Giants, Pats, Super Bowl right. blueprint. And I knew in the first quarter, I knew what he was doing. He's like, I'm running the ball every time with Blunt first down. Right. Every time. Get I'm, the clock I'm going. Cutting, I'm cutting a minute off the clock. I'm going to make this a 47-minute game instead right. of a 60-minute game. And I think the one disappointment to them, as you look at it, the, the red zone defense. Third and 10 down the red zone. They have a chance to get off the field. Red zone, I'll drop another one on you. To me, the most important play in football is third down red zones. Yeah. The four-point plays. Really, the network should get them sponsored. They should call them the four-point plays. <laughs> really, they should. Tell it's, your new buddies at Fox. They should spot. The Fox four-point play. the four-point play. Yeah. And that is the most important play. And they were oh, they were bad down there. Look, the Jets lose to the opening game to Cincinnati, and all you have to do is look at the four-point plays. Yeah. They're 0 for 3 in red zone third downs. And when you lose those four-point plays... It's tragic, and that's why you lose. And I think that's where the theme will be this week. Look, we got to get better in the red zone. Typically, Belichick's defense are good in the red zone. They haven't been preseason and haven't been in the first game. They need to improve that because there's going to be times where you're going to get in a little bit of a game where those four points swing the game. You know who wasn't good at four-point plays? Another one of your theory, guys. Kyle Wharton, the master of the, the 2020. <laughs> Went from one 20-yard line to the other. He was the king of them. 2020 right? vision, Kyle Wharton. Do not, you know, and I don't think we give enough I don't think that when we cover the game, we give enough importance to the third down red zone plays. Yeah. We lump them together in third downs. Oh, this team's five. They're for four and 12, four for 12. Uh, no, yeah. there should be a separate category. Third down red zone plays are critical. And that's what determines the game. And that's how you determine whether the Jets had really gave up 13 points against Cincinnati. They're 0 for 3 in the third down. They missed the field goal. And they missed an extra point. They beat Cincinnati. It's there in the stat sheet. But they missed the three point. They missed the four point plays. They lose the game. Who's the new t- 2020 Kyle Wharton guy in the league? Is it Tannehill? Well, Tannehill's, Tannehill's- a, yeah, Tannehill on the road. I, I would say Blake Bortles is the oh, king of— Oh, that's a good one. I think he's the king, and he's also the—you know, he's only had three first-quarter touchdown passes in his career. Oh, wow. I mean, he's the king of, you guys go ahead and do what you want. I mean, he's the guy who leads the league in rebounds, but he gets 12 rebounds off of missed free throws. Ugh. That that's what Blake and everybody wants to anoint Blake Bortles as he's going to be this great comp. Until you play well early when everybody's playing good, tell me you're a good player. And three three touch passes in the first quarter in your career. What would happen if Blake Bortles played for Chuck Pagano? Would they just be behind by twenty in the first it seven minutes idea. of he every game? He would be the greatest fantasy player ever because right. he would he would rally in the fourth quarter. You know, one one road win in his entire career. Kevin Clark from The Ringer, who writes a really good picks column now on Fridays, he found this article in some indie paper. And I had always been wondering this, like, how did the Colts, gee, I wonder how many times they've fallen behind by 10 points. <laughs> and in the 65 games in the Pagano era, they've been behind double digits in the first half 27 times. That's amazing. This is a team that has Andrew Luck on it. Right, and I, the clone of that team, and I did it this week. I write a notes column to myself, and you look no further than the Indianapolis defensive drafts, and the team, uh, they're just horrendous. 
and then look at the New Orleans Saints defensive drafts. They're the same team. They just have different uniforms. They can't play defense. They have offenses that can score, but they just don't have any defensive talent. And the question you have to ask yourself is, what makes anyone think the Colts are going to be better on defense this year? I couldn't understand why. They hired Ted Montecino. Okay, great. That's fine. I appreciate it. He's a really good coach. But he can't make them better on defense. They didn't improve the talent of their defense. I didn't understand why people had them in the Texans neck and neck. It's for, not for close. the AFC South. Well, because like everybody, the Texans have so many more good players. Everybody than the Colts. wants to romanticize about Andrew Luck, and I love Andrew Luck, and he's a talented player. He's sixteen and fifteen on the road counting playoffs. Right. So let's be honest here. If you're a great quarterback, you go on the road and win. You win games on the road, and well, he's and never it's had not a, his fault. He's never had an offensive line. He's never really had a right. decent running back. And as a dome, and we've said this before, when you're when you run a team in a dome, you can only evaluate your team correctly outside the dome because the dome allures you into thinking you're better than you are. Yeah, the crowd noise helps. You play better run defense. Not the Colts case last week, not the Saints case last week, but typically that's why. So when you play bad at home on defense and you're a dome team, you got problems. And you better fix them. But the Colts didn't fix them. They extended Pagano's contract. They extended Grigson's contract. Yeah. And they added no new player to their team. Patrick Robinson. Frank Gore's back. He's celebrating his 48th birthday. And you know what? I think if Frank Gore were on the Patriots, he would probably be a good player. I would love that. He would be a good player for I would totally change my opinion on him. (laughs) You would totally change your opinion. But Frank Gore's going to run behind the line. They're behind in games all the time. It's hard to run the ball when you're behind. Right. And so, but. I don't know why people think the Redskins. Okay, let's just jump to them. What makes people think the Redskins are going to be better on defense? Like, why would anybody think they were better on there? Nine and seven last year. They snuck into the playoffs. They played the they played the, a bad Easter team with they even lost to Dallas without without Romo. I mean, what made they signed Josh Norman? Okay, great. Josh Norman's a cover two corner. That's why Carolina didn't pay him. Yeah. He's a cover two corner. You want to pay fourteen million to guys who want to play the flat? Right. Everybody wants them to match up on uh, on you know everybody wants him to match up in the Pittsburgh game but he can't he's not he's not impressed man to man corner all the time that's not what he does he plays cover 2 he plays quarters watch carolina that's what they do dave gettleman was smart he said look i'm not going to pay 12 13 14 million for a guy who's not going to just be a lock man to man corner i could find guys to fit the system and that's what he did did you see anything from the cardinals I mean, the Pats, it's always tough against the Pats. You never know. You never want to overreact to the other team if the Pats are on their game. I thought the Cardinals looked really sloppy. And I don't know whether it was just they were arrogant coming in the game because Garoppolo, no Gronk, all that stuff, they just thought penciled in it's a win. Or if there was some real residue damage from that playoff loss last year. I thought Palmer looked shaky. I thought he made bad throws. He had time to throw that whole game. Yeah, I I think... Uh, the preseason is tough because you don't get a chance to really look at the first half of a lot of these games. There was a lot of rust in them. You know, yeah. typically you know t- losing timeouts. The Carolina game was ba- a bad start, so I, I watched that. And you know, Ev- losing Evan Matthews hurt them a little bit because Earl Watford wasn't a very good player when he came in. And I think they had to f- they had to try to find a way to get the ball. The, the the Cardinals must do this. They must find a way to execute their offense and run the ball without having to always rely on the deep throw. They have to be more consistent in their in their game. But look, they they hung in there and they they were finding their way around. Yeah, and they were converted in the red zone. They did some things. I I, I just it took thought them deep- a while to realize that f- the Patriots could not cover fits. 
well, the Patriots, they threw him 10 times and right. he caught eight. And it really was wondering why the Patriots weren't going to double fits. At what point were they not going to double fits? Because, yeah. you, you know, they went into the game saying we don't need to double fits. And by the first quarter, you said, you know, we better double fit. They should have double fits. So, but look, the defensively for the Cardinals, the question is going to be, can they rush the passer? Can they play from in front, which is what they do well? That's what they do well. They play a nickel defense. They want to play from in front. They couldn't do it in that game. So they played. They had a box a different style, and that's not really what they do. And I think that's when you tend to look at a team and say, geez, they, don't look, they didn't look sharp. They didn't look crisp. Well, they made them play a different style. They couldn't play from in front. Yeah. And that's really what the Cardinals want to do. If you had to pick a team between Arizona and Seattle for, oh my God, I can't believe they only went seven and nine, which one would you pick? Well, based on Seattle's offensive line, I'd say Seattle. I think Seattle's I think really I good too. too. The, Seattle's really good on defense, but they're not going to get away with Soel's at left tackle. They're not going to get away with Gillum at right tackle. And the rookie first, the rookie second rounder, Ifidi they're going to have a hard time him playing guard. So that line, and now Russell Wilson's hurt. He's, you know, he had a bad ankle. They were lucky to win that game. They, they made were. plays. They're a true warrior team. They made plays when it counted. The fourth down Doug conversion. Baldwin was great in that last draft. The, the, the fourth down conversion was huge. But they're not going to be able to get away with that all the time. Right. Because they, it's, it's going to come back to them. And can they do that? Whereas I think Arizona, once they settle down that cornerback position, once they're able to get some stability in their secondary and they can play from in front, I think they're pretty good. Was was that one of those games where maybe Miami's better than we thought? It's in play. I mean, their defense was good in that game. The D-line was really – it might have been the Seattle's offensive line, but it also might have been Miami's defense is good and they have a better coach. Their coach last year was terrible. I, I think Miami's a challenging team, especially because their front's so good. They have to get – their depth is not great in the front. I think what you'll see New England is a lot of no temp, a lot of huddle, hurry up, no huddle to try to tire their defensive line out. Kind of the opposite of what they did last week, right? Exactly. I think we well, they're playing no at home now. once. They yeah. were playing at home so they can control the pace. But Miami's got to prove that Tunsil's not a, a guard. Okay, Tunsil's not a guard. That that really affected him in the game. He played left guard. He plays guard like a tackle, which means he turns his shoulders too much. And the Seattle was running a ton of games over on that side, yeah. and it created a bunch of problems for him. But Tannehill's got to prove he can hold onto the ball and he can make key catches. And if they get the ball to Landry, he breaks a ton of tackles. I think Miami's going to be a tough play. They're not. They're not going to be a four and twelve. Miami's going to be a tough out. It'll be a tough out in New England this week. Yeah, they're getting almost a touchdown in New England. It seems high, it, especially it, if Gronk's not going to play. It feels say, like a four point game to me. I would think it's high because it's. They're always typically good games, and the offense is better than it was last year. Last year was a hash mark offense. So if the ball was on the if the ball was on the right hash mark, then the passing game was coming to that hash mark no matter what the formation was everybody kind of knew the way the offense was if the ball was on the middle of the field then it became different but whatever it was a hash mark passing game and you could figure out where the ball was going to go forget the formation and this year they're much more they're they're much they're better designed and schematically for the passing game and Tannehill's just going to have to execute and they're going to have to protect better they didn't protect very well like I said Tunzel really was struggling in there I'm not a Tannehill fan I just don't. I don't believe at all. No, I think it's too easy up, to confuse him. He's a little Bortleish. But, you know, yeah. Bortleish is you know play what when the game's going slow. Bortles doesn't play well in the first quarter. He plays well in the fourth quarter when the game's over. Tannehill's the opposite. He plays really well in the first quarter, but when the game speeds up and he's got to play faster, that's when he starts to make mistakes. Remember they were saying Dan Campbell wouldn't let him audible last year. Yeah. It was like that was it. If well, you didn't like the defense, that's it. Run the play anyway. Well, they, the, their offense was so like I said, it was a hash mark passing game. So it was very. It was hard for him to get out of anything. Yeah. So like, it's one thing to say audible, but Brady can audible into anything he wants. Yeah. Whereas 
Tannehill, what's he going to audible to when you're in a hash mark offense? You're going to audible from a run to a pass? It's, that's, everybody knows when that's coming. Have you had a great meal in Los Angeles yet? Uh, no, but I went to Al Davis's favorite restaurant called Mateo's, so I had to go back in there and feel the... Feel, feel the, the Al Davisness. Feel the Al Davisness. I had to do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was there, too. Well, if you ever want to do takeout, um, I recommend Blue Apron because it's not even takeout. They actually just deliver it for less than $10 per meal. Blue Apron will deliver you all the fresh ingredients you need for a delicious and healthy home-cooked meal. They have the highest standards for ingredients. They build a community of home chefs that has no rival. Some of the meals available in September. Paprika, spiced shrimp, and cheddar grits with tomato and sweet corn. Ooh, I'm hungry. Uh, spicy chicken stir-fry with baby bok choy and sesame ginger cucumber salad. Eggplant and chickpea. I can't read. T-A-G-I-N-E. Tagine? What's that, Tate? I have no idea. Tagine? I'm glad you're reading. It sounds delicious. With Islander pepper, tomato, and couscous. Right now, get your first three meals for free. With free shipping, just go to blueapron.com slash BS. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. And also, uh, quickly, DirecTV. NFLSundayTicket.tv. Remember when you used to have to get the satellite when you had DirecTV? Right. Yeah, now you don't have to. You, you don't have to do that. You stream DirecTV. On your you get iPad. on your phone, you can get on your iPad, get on your laptop. Oh, wow. Well, Did you know this? No, I just, I didn't know. Actually, I, my son works for the 49ers, and we were wondering how we're going to watch the game. And... I thought you could do that. Someday. Yeah, you can do that. I'm, I'm going to sign hook up you for up. That. Uh, if you're a diehard NFL fan who can't get DirecTV where you live, you can still watch football games on Sunday without a satellite. You can stream games using your favorite device. I don't think you get a deal if you work for the Niners. They probably make you pay full price for that. But uh, right now, our listeners get 10% off when using the promo code RINGER. So go to NFLSundayTicket.tv, use promo code R-I-N-G-E-R today and i just gotta say it was so nice to have sunday ticket back so there was like nine early games last week it, it was just hard. hopping around hopping around i settled on the, the i watched a lot of the bucks i had raiders saints was a good one i learned some stuff from there just jumping around there's, it was just another, nice. there's another team the falcons who play bad defense in the dome i mean there's another one that can't play the defense. falcons stink yeah they're not very good they're, yeah i mean I, had, I was gonna fire some questions at you really quick before okay. we have to call house um coach in the most trouble rex ryan Jeff Fisher, no, Mike Fisher, McCoy. Fisher just got a contract extension. Do we? Years. Are we sure he got a contract extension? Well, that's the word. That was that was the word. I would suspect that. I would say Rex Ryan. I think anytime you have a coach that go, went off the way Rex did and with that verbal, uh, passionate speech that he had, I think he knows he's feeling the pressure. And and look, there was a lot of whispers around the league last year at the end of the season that Rex was going to get fired after one. It was going to be one right. and done. There were whispers. I'm not saying I have it confirmed, but there were whispers. So, so when you look at it this year, this team's not very good. 0-2. Oh, 0-2. And, oh, and, and The defense looked awful last night against well, the Jets. You know, no Rex pass took, rush. Rex took over the team that had 54 sacks. Last year they had 21. It doesn't. They had four in the opening game. I don't, I don't think they're going to pressure the quarterback. And if you can't play his scheme, if you can't pressure the quarterback, your corners just aren't good enough. Look, you cannot rush. You can't cover in the NFL. I don't care if you have four Pro Bowl corners if you don't have a rush. You know, you have to be able to pressure the passer. And if you can't pressure the passer, which Buffalo can't do, you're going to give up a lot of yards passing. Watkins is one of those tantalizing guys who always goes for 15 bucks too much in, in yeah. fantasy. And yet, I'm not positive... Like they, Fitz was always the guy he was compared to. 
Is he gonna? Where do you see him going? What's his ceiling? I think the, the, when you break a bone in your foot, it's always more of a mental game than it is a physical game. Right. You put the screw in there; it doesn't feel well. You can tell he doesn't feel right. Yeah, that's that. That was my takeaway too. He I doesn't still like feel him. right. I, you, you just gonna have to give him some time. And look, they don't they don't run an offense; they run plays. So because of the quarterback's inability to really stand back there and execute the scheme. They have a good scheme. The quarterback just needs loose plays to run. I don't think we've seen the best of Sammy Watkins until he gets around a quarterback that can actually run plays and let him fit within the system. It's a little too many loose plays in Buffalo, which is what Taylor needs to be successful. They're going uh, to be particularly terrible. They don't look like they think, have the ability to turn it around. They don't team. look like they have the ability to turn it around. Which young QB do you like the most? Mariota, Prescott, Wentz, Goff, or Handsome Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo? I really like Mariota. I think Mariota is really a good player, and there's a lot to build around him. I think he's got a lot of talent. He can move. He can run with the football. He's got he's got uh, he's got a quick mind. He can make a, he can make some quick decisions. I've been fortunate enough. I watched Jimmy Garoppolo practice for two years and took a lot of reps. I thought Jimmy Garoppolo is a really good player. He has he does things really well around and in the right scheme in the right system. He can be really effective. He throws the ball vertically down the field better than Tom does. And he can make throws all over the field. He can make a movement he's got around. A little movement, and movement the players like I enjoy. Him. Yeah, the players like. I was going to say he's got you charisma. Could, you could see the team rallied around. Yeah, him. but that wasn't surprising because when Jimmy has lunch every single day, he's eating there with all the offensive linemen. He's right. a true, true quarterback in terms of his leadership skills are there. He's not aloof and he's not not around the team. He's involved and and he's and he's really taken to watching and observing, understanding the program, and working on his skill set, even though he knew he was back up to Tom. Is there, like he play, he starts four games, Brady comes back. You think like Sam Bradford fetched a first-round pick. Yeah, the value. You have Jacoby Brissett, who they just drafted. I mean, Garoppolo, it, it's not inconceivable he could get traded week five or week six. I wouldn't do it, but what if some team came to them and were like, hey, look, here's two first-round picks. A king's ransom for Jared Goff. We can't. We don't even see him. He's in the witness protection program. I mean, we don't even know He's, where he well, is. Well, he was third string. I thought his his third string dress outfit looked good. The most the, the interesting question for me is is Wentz played at a, at a at a small school and they got him ready to play opening day. Right. Goff played at Cal in the Pac-12. I mean, right. he couldn't get him ready to play. I mean, really, I'm missing. What am I missing here? Wentz, I'm not. I I'm not going to take too much away from killing the Browns. But Wentz, it does seem like the teammates like him. They rallied around him. He made some plays. It looks like you can build around him. But he him. went second. Goff he, went first. Like if, if Wentz is good and Goff is bad, that's a double disaster. Right. You you picked the wrong one. It's you picked the, the wrong one. And then if Ryan you're the Leaf, Browns. Peyton Manning. It's well, Ryan Leaf, Peyton Manning. Totally. And if you're the Browns, you could just had Wentz. And you misevaluated that. You've been looking for a quarterback since. Well, they liked Cody Kessler. That was what I. Rem- that's what they liked. They liked. They thought Cody Kessler. I think they liked RG three too. I I, I, think, I think they, they really, really genuinely it. felt. And by the way, I'm not against the RG three gamble. I personally wouldn't have done it, but I see it. Like he did produce. He- you learn from Seattle though. When Seattle drafted Russell Wilson, they had so many quarterbacks on the team that I thought to myself wrongly, and I learned this from watching Seattle is that how are they going to get them all reps? Because football is a mathematical game. It's all about the reps. And yet Seattle by pro- just kept 
banging away at trying to find a quarterback. Just keep banging away, get, bring more quarterbacks. If something's going to emerge, they found Russell Wilson. And yeah. I, that, if you can be enamored with RG3. There's nothing wrong with that. Try to re- resurrect his career. Great. Good idea. But you still, that can't stop you from getting another quarterback because you just don't know. If you put all your chips in one basket, it's not going to work out for you. RG3, if he doesn't hurt his knee? No. no. Still now? No. Okay. He he can't you know he can't run. There's no rhythm to his game, and his accuracy is. Look, Brett Favre said one time, and this is a, this is completely true. There's three there's three kind of quarterbacks: a quarterback that can throw the ball through the door, a quarterback that can hit the doorknob, and the great ones can throw the ball through the keyhole. Okay. <laughs> RG's struggling to get through the door. Right. Okay. Those guys. Those guys come. The around. accuracy guys. Yeah. They, they never totally make it. They, I also wonder, like running quarterbacks now. Um, he doesn't protect himself. Yeah, the, the guys. He's and, taking, and weirdly, Romo is like this too. Romo's taking some hits where he just can't figure out how to protect himself in that split second. Yeah, I, I just think to me, RG three is that when you're sitting there and three years later you're still trying to find a system for the guy. There is no system. Okay, there is no system. Best chance to be 2016 sleeper: Tampa, Detroit, or Baltimore. Well, Baltimore is not a sleeper. Baltimore had so many injuries last year. I think Baltimore's Baltimore the best. Baltimore is a sleeper. Nobody picked them for the playoffs. They're over-under with seven team. wins. Baltimore's a good team. I, what, what I think Baltimore has finally done is they've taken a baseball approach to their team. The, if, you're, if you're the GM of the Red Sox, you want power on the right side. You want to hit the wall. You have Joe Flacco. You've got to get vertical outside receivers yes. to build around your team. They found Mike they had the Wallace. wrong receivers last year. They, they, you can't have possession receivers with Flacco. You've got to get the ball down the field, make some throws up the field, and, and try to win the game with your offense. Don't manage the game with your defense. And I think that's the approach they have to take. Now, they won the opening game kind of playing the op, but they made plays in the passing game. I think Baltimore's a good team. I think Tampa's a sleeper because Tampa's – Winston's a really good player. They played really good defense. They gave up – Atlanta averaged less than three yards a carry at home yeah. against the Bucks defense. That's fairly impressive. Yeah. So – and – I think Winston has the charisma to kind of cat rally around the team. The team buys into him. He was one of my big preseason kind of, uh, I guess, picks for lack of a better word. I just thought Jameis was going to take a leap. He, he has. Because he's got, he's, there's something about him. And he's got players that can make plays down the field. True. For him. Evans, I mean, that catch Evans makes against the Falcons down the field is incredible. Vincent Jackson really didn't, I mean, Vincent Jackson can make plays. They, they have the ability to be really good. And they won that game without Doug Martin running the ball effectively. So that tells me they'll, they'll, be, they'll be a tough out for Arizona this week. I think Arizona will beat them, but they'll be a tough out. Could we have three playoff teams from the AFC West? Denver, Kansas City, and the Raiders. I, I think that's it's conceivable. Yeah, I Kansas think it's conceivable City, too. Kansas City is a little bit shaky, and I like Kansas City as a team. But defensively, they can't rush the passer. They play too much of the same stuff, so they're like a no ba- Houston. You could feel it last week. Yeah, I, I mean the Keenan Allen thing was such a weird monkey wrench to that game. The Chargers yeah. look great, and then it's like, oh yeah, our best receivers out for the year. Yeah, what happens is you get a lead, you try to hold the lead. You, you got to keep trying to score, right? You know, like you got to say to yourself, hey, we got to get this to 31, 38 wins the game, and and you got to keep trying to play. You can't stop playing. I just think that. Kansas City, if they can't rush, their scheme's a little bit too generic. I mean, when you get them, they're tough to play, but if you get them to have to play outside themselves, I think you can do some damage to them, and especially if they don't have a rush. And look, even if Houston comes back, who says he's going to be able to rush the passer effectively? Right. Uh, Could you see the Giants in the Super Bowl? No. No? How come? 
I'm just not sold that they're good enough on defense yet. Okay. I mean, way better than it's been. I mean, historically for the last two years, yeah. it's been bad. But they're going to have to be better than uh, than they were. But I, I just think, to me, see, Seattle's a better team. Yeah. I think Carolina's a really good team, too. Me, too. So I think that I think the challenge is going to be a little Green more Bay? difficult. Green Bay is not ready to. They played really good defense against Jacksonville. Now I know as people say, well, it's Jacksonville. Well, Jacksonville's put a lot of money in that team. I mean, Jacksonville's spent. I mean, and it was like a hundred degrees, it, right? And it, and the game was it, would, it was exactly how Jacksonville won the game. It came into the fourth quarter, let the heat and humidity take over. Green Bay will wilt. They never wilted. No. And so, with that said, they ran one of the worst fourth and one plays of the decade. Yeah. With the game on the line. The, uh, the wide receiver, whatever that play is called, it's called the wide receiver get tackled three three yards behind the line of scrimmage play. It was pretty you awful. The, you mean the uh, um, Tavon Austin runs plays because uh, that's all he does. How can they he, gave him thirty million dollar extension? How can you run? give him thirty million dollars? The guy catches every pass behind the line. He said nine touchdowns catching and seven receiving. Like you never walk to the stadium and you're driving to the stadium with your wife saying, "Oh my God, we're playing T- Tavon Austin. Yeah, How are we going to stop him?" It's like, like Percy Harvin was like that too. Yeah, but Percy you Harvin was like an accessory. Shove him into the office. It's an accessory. It's like something you put your phone case into. <laughs> uh, is Dallas versus Washington week two? A playoff game? No. The, the, Dallas if is somebody in, goes 0-2, how is that team making the playoffs? I mean, isn't this like a loser-leaves-town match I don't think either of them are good enough to make the playoffs. I know, but if they're going 0-2, they're not making the playoffs. Either of them are. Right. right. Well, I, then it, then so maybe in a it weird is. way, it's kind of a playoff game. Okay. The, Washington didn't do anything to make their team better this year. Nobody can tell me they did. I feel like such a sap. I, I that was my one bad pick in week one. I thought they were gonna. I thought they were gonna beat Pittsburgh. See, I think Pittsburgh. I believed really in the points. Good. I know I you were Pittsburgh, saying that to me last week. Pittsburgh's really good. God, their receivers. How do they're they keep good. finding receivers? They do a great job of coaching receivers. They find receivers, and the quarterbacks. You could see the quarterbacks into it. Now defensively, I don't know how good they're going to be, but if they get the lead like they do, they're tough to play. So that's your second favorite AFC team. Yeah, I think I think it's going to come down to Pittsburgh and New England. I think those are two really hard teams. Denver's got to prove that they can effectively have an offense because they won the Super Bowl last year with no offense. I mean, let's be real honest. They won it with no offense. Can they play to that level of defense? Based on the first game, that defense wasn't the same defense as it was at the end of the season. But there were moments during the season that Denver's defense wasn't. I mean, they won three games in overtime. That defense wasn't as dominant during the season as it ended up being in the playoffs. Maybe they're going to turn it on later. I don't know. But I think at one point they will have they will struggle against certain teams that have great receivers, and Pittsburgh will be one of those teams. If the Pats and Denver played that AFC title game last January 20 times. Where? In Denver? In Denver. How many times did the Pats win? I think, I think nineteen and a half. Yeah, the, the but pop, I'm I'm completely biased. If we if if we, it's at least twelve, we never changed the snap count. We couldn't change the snap count. It became problematic because the center was struggling to get the snap count. So Von Miller knew that the snap was on one. I mean, that's yeah. the whole advantage to football is the snap count. You know, and so that became a problem. And. You know, Some I didn't drops. think that was going to be a problem. I think everybody on the New England sideline was confident going to that game. Jamie Collins loses own Daniels on that one touchdown. A, they came out with a bad form. They came out with a formation that was different, and uh, then he got beat on the double move. I think everybody was confident going in that game. And look, Steve Gaskowski misses the only extra point of the season, or else we you know, they would be in an overtime. Might have been of his life. Uh, Quickly, let's talk about the perfect mattress that's sold directly to consumers. Let's talk about an award-winning sleep surface developed in-house with a sleep design delivered in a small, how-do-they-do-that-size box. 
Let's talk about Casper mattresses. You have a good mattress in your little Temp LA place? No, okay. no, it's a hammock. It's not a mattress, okay. it's a hammock. You need a Casper yeah. mattress. <laughs> they combine springy latex, supportive memory foam for a sleep surface that's got just the right sink, just the right bounce. Breathable design helps you regulate your temperature throughout the night. Mattresses can cost over $1,500 sometimes. Casper mattresses, $500 for a twin size, $850 for a queen, $950 for a king. They have a risk-free trial and return policy. They deliver it. You try it for 100 days. If you're not happy, they'll pick it back up. Find out why it's the most awarded mattress of the decade. Get $50 toward any mattress purchase by going to casper.com BS and use code BS. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, we're gonna call. Oh, I need. We need headphones. Yeah. yeah headphones for Lombardi. Uh, we're gonna call House. Every week, House and I pick three games. You take those, and then I'll, I'll give you these. All right. Um, we pick three games. Well, we'll get House on the line. We can explain. Um, one thing though, do we do we like the Titans this week? They're getting six points in Detroit. Why is Detroit favored by six points over the Titans? The Titans, when you look at the game, they turned the ball over, which killed them. Right, and yeah. they and they're playing a top four defense. They and were in the game. They were they winning. Were in the game. The game. The score is a little more deceiving. They didn't score. You know, they gave up all their points in the. They, they scored in the first half. Minnesota didn't shut them out in the second half. And they got a dumb defensive touchdown that you know. So I, I think Tennessee's a team that can create some problems. They got to be able to run the ball. They we can't, don't think Detroit's good. I think Detroit's going to struggle to play run defense all year. So I, I think it's a tough matchup. Doesn't that feel like a three point game? I feel like I would I'm getting three that. free points. I would suspect that. And the Titans could win it. And can Detroit handle success? That's going to be a key. All right, yep. put put your cans on. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Joe House on the line, and and uh, and Mike Lombardi is here in studio. One of your all time favorites. Hello, Joe. One of my all time favorites. Back from the past, a blast from the past. <laughs> Welcome back, Mike Lombardi. Thank you, Joe. Reunited at last. It's it's a, a I'm B- telling you a BS podcast Hall of Famer <laughs> who literally climbed out of the Hall of Fame shrine, and now he's here every Friday. <laughs> Um, speaking of every Friday, House and I pick games. We call it the Callaway Par 3. We make three NFL picks for the upcoming Sunday slash Monday. And it's presented by Callaway, home of the world's greatest irons. We're keeping score all season like it's golf. 18 holes. So it's 17-week week season, 18 holes. We're going to make three NBA Christmas games. will be the 18th hole. Uh, House went one and two last week. He's one over. I went two and one last week. I'm one under. I got two stroke lead on you, House. Um, who do you have first? Yeah, so uh, I'm ready to overreact. <laughs> Great. Uh, Why is that a surprise? The uh, the good counsel and judgment of every um, professional in the NFL space that you're not supposed to overreact after week one. Nope. I'm going to overreact with my first selection. The uh, D.C. Grudens were so disappointing uh, that I'm going to call them the Deadskins this week. <laughs> the uh, expectations that, that uh, the Washington area, and this is an annual tradition, by the way. Yeah. Every offseason, we work ourselves into a lather uh, for, for, of, of uh, over-exuberance, irrational exuberance for um, the D.C. Grudens. And, and, you know, week one comes around and, oh, yeah, that's right. It's, it's that team. There is that team. So this week I am taking the Dallas Cowboys minus three. Uh, the main thing that was concerning to me about the Deadskins' performance uh, was not on the offensive side of the ball, which uh, may surprise you with all the dirt balls that Kirk Cousins threw. 
I am concerned about the Deadskins defense, uh, and especially against the run. They were among the very worst teams against the run last season. They did nothing to change my, the, the, the view that they will find that comfortable position at the bottom again this season. And I think Dallas showed a little bit of competence at the running game. The two-headed horseman uh, there with, with Alfred Morris, former dead skin, and uh, Zeke Elliott, Elliot, I'm calling him Zeke, already. Um, I think they're going to run all over the Deadskins, and Dallas getting the three, uh, to me, feels right. That's my pick. House, I have good news and bad news for you. The good news is that Lombardi completely agrees with you on the defense, and the bad news is you're in trouble this weekend. Yeah. I don't understand how you can give a guy a nickname who's only average, I think, what, three yards a carry last week? Ezekiel Elliott. When you watch that game, if you're watching the game, if you're Jason Garrett, to me, the back that was the best back for that game was Alfred Morris. At some point, you got to play him, and I agree. Alfred Morris has got to run the ball effectively. The Redskins' defense hasn't improved one bit, to me, from last year. And the Josh Norman thing, which is where they put all their money on, and it doesn't look like... It doesn't look like they they got what they thought they bought. Right, unless they can get the quarterback to th- you know throw the ball in three steps and you know. <laughs> well, the the national media had a uh, very very much enjoyed um, the Josh Norman Antonio Brown um, confusion. Mm. Uh, the fact that that uh, Josh Norman was not lined up against Antonio. But why uh, would you line up? Why would the, you line Josh Brown up on Antonio Brown? I mean, to me. Josh Norman's not your man to man. I mean, I know John was. I thought John was going to call down to the bench and at the game and tell his brother to double. But why, why wouldn't you just double Antonio Brown if you're playing him? When I was in New England, we made the mistake we'd put Malcolm Butler on him, and Malcolm played his heart out. The guy had 143 yards. He was amazing yards, in that game. It was the played best. Played his heart out. The guy had 143 ever. yards in the game. I mean, you're going to have to double Antonio Brown. The minute he gets off the bus, you have two guys double him. There's no. You you cannot single. I don't care who you are. And then you put your you put your other other uh, your best corner on their other receiver, whether it's Deshaun Jackson or whomever they're going to play in the game. So, house is there? Well, they could they confessed that they um, they made a mistake. There was supposed to be safety help on both of those touchdowns. It just didn't happen because D'Angelo Hall. Uh, I think I could. Um, be within 10 yards of him on the 40 right now. Well, the, the touchdown pass, there was nine guys open. I mean, did you see the crosser? They came back and ran the same short yardage play again. They threw it to the crosser because he was so wide open the first time. Well, the good news is it's still the preseason. You can, oh, no, wait, it's week two. Uh, that's, I, I, I've done a 180. The one thing I've learned over the years is try to ride who you think is going to do well in week one. Stick to your guns, but don't stick to your, to your guns for five weeks. I thought the Redskins were going to be good. I believed in Cousins. I thought they were going to score points. I agree with House. I, the defense is either the same or worse. Last year they were the good bad team. So if they're playing like the Browns, I'm going to like the I'm going to like the Skins. But not you know the Cowboys might actually be good. Well, they might be decent at least. They can't rush the passer, so I think Cousins should have a good game. I mean, Cousins should play well against Captain them. Checkdown. Is he the new Captain Checkdown? He's got a little Kyle Wharton in him. Yeah. Uh, but uh, all right. Well, here's my first pick, House. As we discussed right before you came on the phone, I think the Titans are are half decent. I don't think they're good. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're bad. I think Mariota's okay. Um, They can run the ball a little. I was impressed by how they kind of hung with Minnesota and then a couple dumb mistakes did them in, but their defense was was a little better than I thought. Granted, it was against Sean Hill. 
for some reason they're getting six points in Detroit. I watched that Detroit Colts game. I just think the Colts are like a bottom six, bottom seven team. Detroit barely beat them. And I'm just not buying it. I, I don't like the Lions as a six-point favorite really against anybody. I feel like I'm getting three free points. I think the Titans could absolutely win the game. It, at the worst case scenario, they get the cheap touchdown at the end for the cover. They'd be down 11. They get the touchdown with a minute left. I like getting all those points. So the Titans is my first pick house. I think Matthews- yeah, I like it. I, I'm not touching that game, but it does feel a little early to be given Detroit, you know, six points against anybody for them to be laying six points. Against I, anybody. I think the only reason they're doing that house is I think Matthew Stafford has played extremely well in the last 12 weeks. Yeah. And he's, they're running the offense. It's they the have, Cooter effect. Yeah, they have, they have two backs that can that are interchangeable. Abdullah and Riddick. They can they can both be on the field, even though they're not playing at the same time. But they can do the same. They can run the same offense when they're on the field. So I, I think that offense is really stepped up. But the question is going to be the defense. They're playing in the dome. I think Tennessee's got to run the ball to win the game. You know, one thing Mike, I like. Let me ask you a quick question. Yeah. Is, is it? helpful to Matthew Stafford that he is no longer tempted to throw the ball all the way down the field. I, I, um, I think they can run their offense. They're not, you know, oftentimes you try to, okay, we got to get Calvin Johnson the ball. So how are we going to do it? And so you, instead of running your offense, you run in plays and you got to be able to run an offense and the offense has got to be effective. And that means at times some of your star players have to be a little unselfish. Now I can't go to the extreme that it did in Dallas where Des Bryant has one catch for eight yards. You got to have to get them the ball. That's your best player. You got to find a way to get them the ball. But yes, there is a degree where you're trying to force the ball to a guy and it affects the other offense. And I think not having Calvin there, it makes the team know they have to rally around to make up for his loss. One of the things I noticed with Detroit last week was Stafford was way more engaged and kind of leadery than I remember him in the past, especially in the last drive. There were a couple of times a guy screwed up. One time a guy didn't get out of bounds in time, and he was really bitching the guy out, not in like a negative way, but like in a leader way, like the way Brady would have done it. And, you know, how many time, How many years has he been in the league? Like eight, nine years? Yeah. He felt a little more leadery to me in the game, but I still think they easily could have lost, and I don't think the Colts are good, so right. I don't get the line. House, what's your second pick? My second pick is the Carolina Panthers. Shout out to the Tater Frazier uh, against San Francisco. I love uh, San Francisco on a short week coming across the country, playing on that 10 a.m. body clock uh, trope. I love that. Carolina with 10 days rest to get ready for this one. Cam, 4-1 and one against the spread in home openers. And I like the nice nugget from, from Kevin Clark. I like Kevin's article yeah, that went too. up today. Last year, six games with a line above 13 in not one instance did the underdog cover. I like Carolina laying in 13 and a half. Is it, is it 13 or is it 13 and a half? I had it at 13. Well, whichever one. I like I like them both. Well, I have it at 13, so I'm giving it to you at 13. And Thank you. I, how many teams in the league, if they're down 10, the game's over? Sal and I talked about this on Wednesday. I think the Niners are on that list. If they're down 13 to 3... It's over. They're not. Yeah. They're not winning. They know they're not winning. And if Carolina goes up seventeen to nothing, seventeen to three, that's it. It's going to be like a thirty-one to three. Eagles played there last year, scored sixteen against Carolina. So Carolina is familiar with the with the offense that the Forty Nine ers are going to run. It's a challenge. I think with 
House said about the early week, the Monday game. That's that you can't be in a more difficult spot as a team. You know, yeah. you're gonna have to leave Friday, shorter week of practice, getting ready for a lot of things. Running the single wing with Cam Newton isn't you can't simulate it in practice. There's nobody on your field. Maybe Colin Kaepernick can. But it's difficult to simulate the speed of which he executes that offense and along with the ability to throw it. You can't really get a good look. It's a challenge for the 49ers to hang in there. They played really good defense against the Rams team, but that's you know, <laughs> Case Keaton. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that was bad. The, uh, the other good thing with the Panthers, 10 days rest. If Cam did get banged up or who knows how hurt he was in that game, uh, he at least had his body a little time to recover. I loved what Benjamin brought to the table for them. I they forgot need how much to make play. They yeah, need punches to make a play. They need more than just Benjamin Olson and fun, Olson and Benjamin. They have a complete Jonathan Stewart's hurt, which isn't surprising. Whether he plays or not, that'll be a question mark. But this is a good team. This is a really good team. Their young corners are going to grow up. That's and this week with the 49ers, Jermaine Gurley, Jeremy Gurley was their best receiver last week. Torrey Smith really doesn't know where he fits into the offense, so. I think this is the perfect team for Carolina to get some confidence in. And here's another another factor. They lost last week. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, we're feeling so great about, oh, let's overlook this San Francisco team. Like, no. It's an NFC team, and they have to win. They're 0-1 right now. House, a little gamesmanship on my part. Carolina is also my second pick. I am also taking Carolina <laughs> minus 13. So you cannot catch up on a stroke with me on that one. We are crossing each other off. <laughs> Carolina and Carolina. <laughs> I just think it's the right pick because if they get the lead, that's it. Uh, they don't have to sweat it out. 17 nothing. cross it off. Blaine Gabbert's not bringing them back. I think they had they averaged over under five yards per pass attempt last week against the Rams. So, I mean, it's hard to – if you can't throw the ball down the field, it's hard to win in the league, and you're not going to run the ball on Carolina. That front's really good. It didn't have the best game against the Denver Broncos on the road. I think at home they're more difficult. Charles Johnson – I think Quan Short's a good player. He hasn't gotten paid, but he that's the best way to have Short when he needs to keep playing well. Yeah. And I think this Vernon Butler, this rookie that they drafted in the first round, is really a talented player. They're going to play him more. The front's got to win the game. They're a tough defense to play. And also, how many interceptions did they drop in that Denver game? Three? Yeah. Four? I, I mean, Denver's fortunate. You know, there's yeah. no doubt Denver was fortunate in the game, but Denver found a way to win the game. And look, we wouldn't be having this conversation. We'd be talking about how great Carolina is if the field goal goes through. True. Hass, what's your third pick? Well, I'm just excited. Sal and I might get our first win this week in a super contest with Carolina. Hopefully I didn't just jinx it. Oh, you went 0-5 last week? Oh, oh, that's the mush bowl. <laughs> oh, my God. You mushed it last <laughs> the week. The goose egg? House, you mushed it. Wow. Everybody ripped up their tickets as soon as you bet it. Mushed it. I had I was 4-0, yeah. and, and then the Deadskins decided that <laughs> they didn't want me to go 5-0. and Hass, what's your third pick? My third pick this week, the Kansas City Chiefs getting... I repeat, getting two and a half points at Houston, this feels too simple, which um, fits my wheelhouse because I am indeed too simple. Uh, But it also feels like the better team is getting points. Um, We watched these two teams play in Houston just a little while ago, back in January, where the stakes were much higher, and the Chiefs beat the daylights out of Houston. It was a crushing. What, What magic pill? Uh, did Houston take that suggests that they've earned the status of, of, of favorites? Also, Andy Reid, historically very good on the road, over 60% against the spread, and road openers, 
He is a 67% winner against the spread. I like that quite a bit. Houston also does not, for whatever reason, play the AFC West very well. 3-8 and eight lately, straight up and against the spread. I'm predicting 3-9. and nine. I like the Chiefs. I like this Texans team to win that division, and I almost had them as one of my picks for this. Something scares me about this game. I don't like that they got their ass kicked by Kansas City nine months ago. Wait, Lombardi, what do you think would I, I was when a team has their ass kicked? I have, I have a, a first of all. Let's go back. All right, so that last year Houston team had no skill players. This year's Houston team much better skill. Lamar Miller. Remember this: the back makes the spread more effective. When you have to defend the box with the back, and you have to defend Lamar Miller in the box. It makes the spread. Vincent Fuller showed America that he's got talent and he can run. And then add the fact that the tape of the New England Patriots playing the Kansas City Chiefs, where the Patriots moved the ball and created and scored a lot of points against this Chief, it allows Billy O'Brien to go look and say, okay, here's how you set it up. Here's what we can do, and we've got better skill to do it with. So he's going to use that tape as a reference point. And I think he's going to attack a Chiefs defense that can't really rush the passer. With Now, I'm saying all this, I'm not a Brock Osweiler fan. I think that's the one guy that you have to worry about in this game. But I do think Houston's a much better t- – I mean, I can look at Houston unlike the Deadskins and say, here's what they've done to improve their offense. Braxton Miller f- could be a really good inside slot receiver. They've got the running back. They've got the outside receivers. I think they're a much better team. Now, defensively – if Clowney plays to the level that he's capable of playing, with Whitney Marcellus playing along with Watt, this is a difficult team to block. You've got three guys in your front seven that are hard to block. Somebody's getting single blocked, and it becomes problematic for Alex Smith. And Alex Smith, until he throws the ball down the field, it's going to be difficult for them to score and, and make those throws. But Alex Smith has surprised me above and beyond what he did to us in the playoff game last year, converting all those third downs and some of the fourth downs, some of the throws he made. But I I think Houston's a really good football team. I thought they got a lot better, too. Is it Vincent Fuller or Corey Fuller? Vincent Fuller. Vincent Fuller? I always thought it was Corey Fuller. There is a Corey Fuller. Was he? Oh, Will Will Fuller. Fuller. That's who it is. We were both wrong. We're both wrong. (laughs) I had Corey, you had Vincent. It's Will Fuller, because I picked him up in one of my fantasy leagues. I, they threw to him all the time in that game. I think they he, threw to him like 11 times. And he gives them what they needed on the outside. He gives yeah. them an explosive outside receiver. And then they have Braxton Miller to play inside the slot. And they have the running back. So you know, if you want to play a lot of nickel against them now, is their offensive line? They didn't have Dwayne Brown last week. Will they have them this week? I don't think so. But their their offensive line's really good. They, they've got some things going for them, and their defense is good. I mean, look, you can get third down is where the Chiefs survive. Yeah. That's how the Chiefs stayed on the field against the Patriots. Last year, they were significantly the best defensive third down team, the Houston Texans. Significantly. The next team, I think they were 28%. The next team was the Chiefs at 33. That's a significant difference when you're talking about. So they're really good on third down, and the Chiefs are always in third down because it's three yards, three yards, third right. down. And that's where they gain the advantage. Plus, they're playing at home. I like Houston. House was like one of those golfers that hit this great drive, but he didn't see where it landed. And he felt really <laughs> good about it. And now he's walking towards He's like, wait a second. Is that driving the sand trap? Is there a sand trap there? I didn't realize. Oh, it's a better Texans team. You, you have regrets, House? I asked the question, what made Houston better? The question's been answered. I'm sticking with the Chiefs. <laughs> Rough times for House. All right. With uh, with apologies to the Texans minus two and a half, which I liked. With apologies to the Giants minus four and a half against New Orleans, which I liked. But the the late touchdown scares me in that one. With apologies to the Bengals plus three and a half, I like the extra half point. 
and with apologies to the Jaguars, plus three in San Diego, which is very tantalizing, but I'm just not putting Blake Bortles in the Callaway par three yet. I'm taking my dude Jameis again. Jameis getting seven in Arizona. Jameis and the Bucks just feels a little high. I, I think the line, you know, I get it. The Cards are, are an excellent home team. They're motivated. They're own one. I wasn't that impressed by them last week. I, I thought I thought they looked sloppy, and I didn't like their their GM came out after the game and was calling out guys, and then the coach was calling out guys, and feels a little dissensiony. And I also didn't like how Palmer played. I thought he missed some easy throws. I thought he had guys open that whole game. I thought he missed them sometimes, th- threw too early sometimes. Um, it's a team that I think could get better as the year went along. But right now, I, I don't know. I, I don't like them. And I think Tampa's going to go in there and go, we're winning this game. I think Jameis is going to be in that locker room before the game going, we're winning this game. We're going 2-0. We're going to do it. Let's do it. Let's go, guys. And last thing, that Arizona cornerback that the Pats picked on all game. Brandon Williams, 26. That's not getting better. No. You know who's going to pick on him all game on Sunday? Jameis Winston. They're going to throw at him all game until Arizona figures out a plan B. I think it's just too many points. I'm taking Tampa plus seven. We think Lombardi. I, I like Tampa's team. I think they played really good run defense on the road against Atlanta. Kyle Shanahan can run the football, and they basically neutralized the Falcons' run game. Averaged under three yards a carry last week, so I think that's an effective defense. And I do think they have the skill. Even if they get behind in this game, Tampa has that ability to keep coming back. I think Winston, because of some of the ugly wins that he had at Florida State, and there was a few of them. I know yeah. they, they won national, but they were behind in games. The Louisville game, they come back. He's good at just keep playing. Just yeah. keep playing. And and everybody's going to go to the game thinking, well, okay, we lost the opener. We're going to win this one, get things back on track. I think the worst thing you can do as a general manager, I think Steve Kime does a great job. I think Arizona has a lot of talent on their team. The worst thing, nobody wants to hear what the GM thinks until after the season. Right. Just stay in the background. This yeah. isn't baseball. You know, it's football. The coach, let the coach, and nobody wants to tell the players they're not playing good. Do that by the effectively on their contract. And I think that's something that that needs that's a sense of desperation. It's Springsteen says there's don't 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 confuse courage with desperation. I think that's more desperate than it is courageous. House? I like the seven points exactly uh here for Arizona. This feels like to me a show me game for Tampa. Has t- Tampa really taken the leap? They beat the hell out of an awful Falcons team. Last yeah. week, I, and we're going to see just how awful this week against the Raiders. I mean, I, I think if if the Falcons don't show up and are not competitive against Oakland, I'm ready to write them off for the balance of the season. Uh, on the other side, Bruce Arians has a terrific record uh, after losing home games like that, yeah. like the home opener last week. He uh, his, his uh, straight up and against the spread record is impeccable. And so I feel like Arizona does bounce back and does cover by sort of exactly the touchdown. I'm ready to invest in the Bucks. I was really impressed with what we saw out of them offensively last year. Jameis, uh, the slim down Jameis, you tweeted it Skinny out. Skinny Jameis. Um, was 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 moving and and uh, his accuracy looks greatly improved. The Bucks have not been great on the road uh, the last couple years, so I'm just hedging it a hair. Uh, I, I I I'm calling it a show me game for the Bucks, and I'm I'm putting my confidence in Bruce. I like Arizona by the seven. I would have taken the Raiders as one of my three, 
but their offensive line's a mess. I'd I'd like to see one game with them with you know they lost. I think they lost both tackles. They're moving dudes around. That may, it makes me just nervous enough. But that and the secondary, which just couldn't cover anyone on the Saints. Well, you know, the secondary for me with the Raiders is this in, last week against Brandon Cooks. You you have to set up your secondary like you set up a basketball team. You got to have a guy that can cover the power forward. You have a guy that can cover the point guard. And the Raiders have all guys that can cover power forwards. Yeah. So they can't, they, they, and those quick little slot receivers are going to give the Raiders problems from now until the end of the season. The other factor with the Raiders that bothered me is last year they had, they, they only won two games in a row twice. Yeah. Handling success for a young team is difficult. And especially handling an emotional win like they had against New Orleans. Can they come back? You know, to me, if they lose that game, Del Rio walks in the locker room and says, see, guys, I told you, we're going to have to, we got to really, this is a hard league to win games, and we're not just, we can't just go out there and play. He's got an over, uh, over a joyful team. He's got to kind of monitor them down, manage the expectations. That's a challenge. Atlanta, on the other hand, is everybody's saying what Joe's saying is, is they're not any good. So Atlanta's going to go in there, and they're not going to take them for granted. And, and I think that becomes the problem, and you've got to be able to handle that. And that's why the Raiders would scare me. To me, the Raiders this week, it's a show-me week this week for the Raiders. Like, let's see what you have because you're a good team. You can be a playoff team. The only thing that's going to stop you is your complacency. Would, would you trade for Matt Ryan? Would I trade for Matt Ryan? I don't see if how Atlanta— If you needed Atlanta, a QB? Oh, yeah, but Atlanta's not going to trade Matt Ryan. They don't have anybody. But what if Atlanta was like, this isn't going anywhere, Matt Ryan, think, I think things Matt are going Ryan's the wrong the way? I think Matt Ryan's the face of the franchise. Okay. I, think, I think they're going to change the organization before they change Matt Ryan. Okay. What do you think, House? Uh, yeah, I, I, it would be stunning in, in this uh, iteration of the NFL to see a quarterback of Matt Ryan's uh, caliber traded. The guys that get traded are guys like Sam Bradford. <laughs> yeah, but I, not pi- I mean, the last couple of years, the Matt Ryan versus Sam Bradford, I, I don't think it's been a dramatic difference. I don't know. I, I just I thought Matt Ryan was going to be one of the guys. And especially like you look at that 2012 season. And something happened. I don't know whether the offensive line, offensive or line no play. running game, yeah, like whatever. But now, now he looks a little more jittery to me than he used to. At some point, they were you know, right on the brink. I mean, they they were there. It was a one missed Tony Gonzalez open in the back of the end zone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, completion to to have them right where you you expected them to be. All right, House. Good luck in the Callaway part hey, three I this have week. A, yeah. I know. I have a nice thing. The people at Callaway watched the terrible performance by me last week. Yeah. They uh, want to do something nice for the listeners. Free shipping this week. Free oh. shipping on all Callaway orders. CallawayGolf.com. If you use the promo code HOW. Oh, HOW. So I've this been is... itching to try the new Fusion driver, the most forgiving driver Callaway's ever made, or their beautiful brand spanking new XR irons, signature steelhead shape. They have XR steelhead irons, beautiful sig- signature steelhead shape. Great performance. Free shipping. Try those suckers out. Free shipping promo code House. So House went 0 5 last week, completely embarrassed himself, but somehow got a free shipping code out of it. Congratulations, House. Yeah! We'll talk to you next Friday. And by the way, I only went 0 5 in super contests. That was hey, with my money, not okay. with the, the, good, the good people's money. All right. We'll see you next week, House. Bye, House. Thanks, guys. 
Lombardi, um, where can we see you on Fox Sports and Fox Sports One? Uh, speak for yourself. I do speak for yourself. I also do the Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp Undisputed and the Colin Cowherd show. So all three. And then this Sunday on the Fox pregame show at eleven o'clock. They didn't make you. You didn't have to wear a wig and sit between Coward and. Whitlock, right? And I could use like a, I could use a wig. I cover up my ball spot. There's no doubt. I mean, you know, I mean, since I'm in Hollywood, I probably should go get one. <laughs> that or a facelift. <laughs> uh, and then you you're back on Twitter. I'm back on Twitter. Lombardi on Fox. M Lombardi on Fox TV. M Lombardi on Fox TV. You can follow Lombardi on Twitter. Are you going to tweet there in the Sunday games? Oh, I basically forced you to get back on Twitter. You, you forced me. Yes, you held it. Yes, I was. I I, I used. I told my, my son sent me a text saying you're back on Twitter, and I said the game ain't in me no more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the game's got to be in me, so I couldn't pull that one off. People in L.A. send Lombardi recommendations for Italian restaurants in the L.A. area because he's just they're not to his satisfaction. Right, I figure I'll gain all the weight I can and then I can go get plastic surgery. Why not, right? <laughs> well, it was awesome to have you back, Great. and we Thanks look to forward to having you every Friday during the uh, during the season. Oh, good. Oh, wait, I have to. Uh... I think we should have like a, a mush bowl. I think there should be like a. a what do you want to do? I think somebody should get like when you have a O for five week, you should carry the mush trophy with you until you win. Just carry like or like a garlic necklace or something. <laughs> exactly. I think when you go over five, I think Sal's got to carry the mush trophy around. Um, thank you to stamps.com. Lombardi quit the post office a long time ago. Buy and print official U.S. postage using your own computer and printer. Sign up for stamps.com. Use promo code BS for a four week trial. Plus a $110 bonus offer that includes postage and digital scale. Go to stamps.com, click on the microphone top of the homepage, type in BS. And if you go to Callaway, again, free shipping if you use house as the code, Callaway.com. Thanks to HBO Now, HBO Go, and HBO On Demand. That's where you can watch complete episodes, bonus clips from my new talk show any given Wednesday. Thanks to TheRinger.com and The Ringer Podcast Network. Check out on The Ringer. We did a video on Joel Embiid. And his uh, oh. two-year. Oh no! Oh, oh, no. no! Now we're gonna go another twenty minutes. We did a, in- a video on his Instagram highlights that we did like a documentary that Joel Embiid tweeted that he liked. He did a tweet, so we're rooting for Joel Embiid. It would be fun if he was good. I know you're rooting for Lombardi. I'm rooting for him too. I'm you, you lucked out with this Ben Simmons. I think he's. I think he has a chance to be special. I you finally the, got a guy who might be special. I, I think the coach is. I think the coach is great to endure what he's endured. I couldn't do it for two years. He did to endure three years. Three Wasn't years. it three? Well, yeah, yeah three. To endure what he did without. Yeah, this will be the third year. Oh, this will be the third year. Yeah, to do what he did without developing a drinking problem or <laughs> yeah. a drug problem is amazing. Remarkable. But the problem is they didn't trade Embiid or. Uh, I'm sorry, they didn't trade uh, Noel or Okafer in June, and now they're looking at like 30 cents in the dollar for those guys. Thanks for that, Bill. Well, because you can't, you can't play more than two big guys. They also have Sarich, who I like. Yeah. So somebody's going to be sitting on the bench, and they're going to be shopping them, and I'm gonna end up, my team's going to end up getting Nerlens Noel for Terry Rozier. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You'll like him. He's good. <laughs> uh, thanks to TheRinger.com. Thanks to Lombardi. Thanks to Joe House. Uh, enjoy the weekend. We'll be back next week new HBO show new podcast it was great to have you back seriously great to be here it was awesome thank you y'all want to see me again rewind this track right here close your eyes and picture me rolling